0: Hello there, thanks for joining us uh, on the polls here on the Joy News channel. This afternoon, the National Democratic Congress is in a push for the resignation of Dr. Ernest Ardison as governor of the central bank, following revelations that the Bank of Ghana lost in excess of $60 billion as of last year. Details uh, coming up as we hear from the minority leader, Kessel uh, for Also a little later, we'll look at the situation in Niger as a high-level Ecowas delegation is en route to Niamey, the capital, as efforts intensify to restore democracy in the West African country. You know, the Africa Workers' Group, African Regional Organization of the International Trade Union Confederation, says a military action in Niger will not be necessary. We'll bring you details, plus get you some updates on the controversies surrounding the Sicilia department theft case for you. It's all coming up here uh, on The polls, and it's a pleasure to be with you uh, here on The polls. brought to you by Global Communities Digny Lou Affordable Safe Sanitation for all. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube and at MyJoyOnline.com for these and more. Stay. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon, the Opposition National Democratic Congress and its uh, caucus in Parliament is sending a fire the way of the Bank of Ghana governor, Dr. Ernest Artisan, for a recent report uh, detailing severe losses made by the central bank, uh, as we understand, in 2022. The bank, in its uh, financial statement for last year, uh, shows that um, 60 Billion cities in losses were made, which the minority and the NDC are putting to the governor's uh, incompetence. Speaking at a news conference, minority leader Keselato Forson announced that if the Bank of Ghana governor and his deputies do not resign, they will mobilize concerned Ghanaians to occupy the central bank. Fellow countrymen
1: and women, let me assure you that very soon Ghanaians will be made to pay for Bank of Ghana recapitalization levy, a tax to recapitalize the Bank of Ghana. So as we speak, because the central bank has collapsed virtually. It is however our position that we have so recklessly, the government of Ghana has so recklessly mismanaged the central bank and brought it to its knees and cannot remain at at, uh, at the helm of affairs of the bank without being held accountable. Those who have Led this reckless and criminal conduct, unleash economic hardship and financial distress on the, suffering, uh, on the suffering people of Ghana, must be held accountable on this particular action. In fact, impunity of the highest order can no longer be tolerated by the suffering masses of Ghanaians. We must not allow this dangerous precedent to be set for future leaders. In this regard, We in the NDC call for the resignation, immediate resignation of the Governor of the Central Bank and his deputies within 21 days from today. We are resolved to embark on popular action to occupy the Central Bank and drive out the team of inept, callous and criminally minded mismanagers of of our finances to save the Bank of Ghana. What we will do is that the march will ensure accountability Police. the march to ensure accountability will begin in 21 days if the governor of the Bank of Ghana does not do the needful and pack bags and baggages out of that sacred institution that he has unfortunately mismanaged Dr. Ernest Addison and his deputies must go there has to be an end to this impunity now fellow countrymen and women let us arise and save the Bank of Ghana This is the only bank we have that belongs to us directly. The central bank has a big role to play. We cannot allow the Bank of Ghana to be managed and be drawn to this level. We call on all of you that if the governor fails to act by resigning, you join us to march to occupy the Bank of Ghana in 21 days' time, to force him out and to force his deputies out because we cannot allow this to continue. Arise for Ghana. Fellow countrymen and women, Arise for Ghana. Thank you, and God bless you. Okay, so before we do our usual key presentation,
0: we will take questions. Except so far, what transpired just uh, a couple of minutes ago, where the minority leader, Dr. Kesola Tuforsen, uh, addressed uh, the media on happenings uh, and what they believe is their position on the story. Uh, there's a need for us to give, give you a breakdown of what the report actually indicates about uh, the role of the Bank of Ghana and how it suffered a haircut amounting to the loss of some 60 billion. What's accounting for that? My colleague, Kwikwasanti, is uh, right there at the press conference for us. Uh, we have also joining us via Zoom, uh, Elikem Kotoko, who is the Deputy National organizer of the National Democratic Congress. It's uh, good to have you on with us. Uh, my colleague, uh, uh, also Isaac Kofieje, who's is a data analyst that joins us, uh, is with us uh, to help us break down the issues. We'll have uh, Dr. Etiahini, who also uh, wrote a research report on that, joining us to have a, a roundtable on this. Very quick one, Isaac, let's get to the breakdown. For many who are not in tune with uh, what's happening now, let's look at why where, where we are today uh, and what the report actually says about the role of the Bank of Ghana in where we are today. But first of all, what's the report and what's it saying about the Bank of Ghana?
2: Bank of Ghana's financial statement for 2022 uh, puts out an unprecedented uh, figure where the Bank of Ghana suffered a loss close to uh, more than 60 billion uh, you know, Ghana cities. If you do a simple um, you know, exchange rate calculation or you convert to dollars, we are talking about 6 billion US dollars. This is the first time the Bank of Ghana is posting such a huge loss. And it's all because Bank of Ghana, in a a simple sense, was used as the shock absorber. Mm -hmm. Or let's say,
0: uh, you know, the the scapegoats in the domestic debt estate program. What's the dynamics in this and how does it really work? Uh, Because we know that the central bank is not your client or customer to... Um, in in mm. it, I mean customer to b- banker relationship. Exactly. It, exactly. That's not what exists between, uh, say, um, a client and the BOG. Not to talk even about the government mm. and the central bank. So how how what's the dynamic and how does it work?
2: So it's simple that the Bank of Ghana is supposed to be lend, the lender of last resort to commercial banks and you know the government as well. So usually when we start the year and government has not been able to collect revenues pretty well, they fall on Bank of Ghana to raise, um, you know, monies through bonds and other instruments so that they spend. And when they collect the monies in the first quarter or the second quarter, they pay back with interest. Now, remember that when we found ourselves in that COVID situation, Bank of Ghana came to help the government with about 10 billion Ghana cities. It was through bonds. They borrowed government's 10 billion cities. They were expecting that government to pay back that money with interest. Right. There were other loans that government also took from the Bank of Ghana, where Bank of Ghana were expecting that they pay back with interest. So in essence... Assurance instance,
0: on this was that, and we heard from the president, President Kofuano indicating that there will be no haircut. No haircut. He was emphatic exactly. about Exactly. It's surprising that we're having this happen. Uh, let's also hear from Kweku Asante, who's uh, monitoring the press briefing by the NDC, because the NDC is making a demand now, Kweku, asking for the resignation of the central bank boss. Why him? I mean, he was simply following orders, isn't he? Kweku, if that you can hear me, yes. Of
3: the Together with the deputies, we are demanding that the as as we resign immediately. In fact, if you can listen the minority, then I'm talking to what i The minority to the government, the government is coming after that. The central part of the argument we are making today is that to the bank of Ghana travels. After all, the economy into a base which is responsible for the current struggles of the economy. We are demanding that the government resign in 21 days, the government meet a group of conseils and yes to go to the bank of Ghana and actually take it square and demand that he needs office. The kind of question they are raising now is that they believe that Dr. Elias Addison and his detective team have taken multiple others instead. They were indeed, as it, as, as it has been said, receiving a bit from the final release of the other government. They say that that kind of was our age and in benefit. It does not and should not be receiving the instructions from the bank, uh, from the final release of the government in a manner that will run the economy down in the And that is the thing we are making against the military. also if you look at the specifics of the issues made, you according you into the financial statements of the Bank of Gallup, the kind of expenditure items that the Bank of Ghana has made. And they have concluded that it was clear that the Bank of Ghana, okay. the government, the were clearly incompetent in the manner and way they disperse household okay. money. And so I'll they are demanded it. that right. in 21 days, they resign or they go to the Bank of Ghana.
0: It is there a mass citizen action to get about. Uh, I see. My colleague uh, Kukwa joining us uh, from the NDC headquarters. We seem to be having a challenge uh, hearing him. But, but of course, the little I get is that uh, it's part of the demands. You resign in 21 days as the POG boss, and you save yourself all, of all the trouble, um, the picketing, and what the NDC intends to do. Uh, that's why I want to bring in Ali Kim Kotoko's deputy. Um, national organizer for the NDC, question, um, uh, Kofi Isaac Kofi is still with us. I uh, will get into the breakdown for you as Dr. Chiahini uh, will join us because it's issued a research paper uh, that aligns with some of the findings that we're finding um, in there today. Uh, but Elkin, my, my thoughts are uh, also about the posture of the NDC and what you seem to be doing on a daily basis, or if not a daily basis, it's uh, become the trait of the NDC these days. You're basically asking for the resignation of everyone. Ken of atta must go. Um, who else? You've been asking for all the ministers to go, <laughs> and now it's the Bank of Ghana board. So, I mean, why make all the, all these calls um, and not look for an alternative in terms of getting your demands addressed?
1: Thank you so much, Bless. And uh, somehow you have answered the question you asked. You you said, why don't we uh, ignore them and look for alternative solutions? And their resignation is equally part of the resignation. Uh, is is part of the solution? And do not forget that this is not just the ndc speaking its mind this is the ndc speaking on behalf of the ghanian the suffering masses and 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 to you in the media i am so sorry uh, or let me put it this way let us put a stop to treating this government with velvet gloves it is one of the major reasons why we have found ourselves where we are these are probably career criminals that have continually dissipated the public purse and we cannot continue just treating them with velvet gloves and expect that they know what is right okay. and leave fully um, to the opposition. Yeah, because
0: you're using, using very serious um, language here. I'm just wondering, for instance, in the case of the Bank of Ga- Ghana uh, governor, why exactly is he at fault, by the way? This well, where...
1: Why is he not at fault when he was actually printing monies for the government, for, for, for the regime without uh, uh, admission? You recall when uh, they, they had to take certain steps without even going through, through, through parliamentary approval, you cannot abuse your autonomy to the extent of actually breaching the constitution of Ghana. And you see, this is the same governor who actually was part of the process to clean the bank, to clean the banking sector. Now you are clean the banking sector with an excess of 21 billion. And here we are, you have declared a loss of $6 billion, which is twice the equivalent of what we are seeking from the IMF. What is the justification for us to maintain such a square peg in the round hole?
0: Okay, uh, but but based on what you're asking for, you should look at the context, circumstance, for instance. And and I recall the Deputy Finance uh, Minister, John Kumar, on the platform last weekend indicate that what's happening is not new. Um, They were all in a crisis it's the same story if you go to uh, all, of that, all of that jurisdictions. Uh, so there's precedence there's, to back his, his, what he's saying, isn't it?
1: There's no evidence to back what he's saying. Don't fall for their gimmicks. Is John Kumar telling us that this is not the first time bank, that the uh, Bank of Ghana has gone so insolvent in over 50 years? We've lost $16 billion. That's what we're talking about. And you have written off uh, uh, a GOG's indebtedness of $48.8 billion. We cannot say these are normal things. You see, when, when we allow people who are in positions of leadership, wasn't it not the same John Puma who was in the, in the House of Parliament screaming, we are not going to IMF today, we are not going tomorrow? I am sorry, that is baloney he is talking to us again. And we must not miss words when we have to address them now. Mm. Because we have failed to do so. They have taken us for granted. And that is why we are where we are today. Okay, because and I mean, again. suffering Because yeah. of them. I see. Their decisions has failed
0: this economy. Okay, but but here's my concern, really. Why go to the Bank of Ghana, amass people there? To to do what exactly? Because that's a, a national security installation. You're just provoking the state apparatus to respond in a manner that may not be desirable to your political party.
1: There is no army bigger than the people. If the people decide to all amass and get there, there's no army that will stop them be it a military installation or not it is equally also a democratic right which will be exercised to its fullest the truth of the matter is that i agree that your position as you grant this interview you you conduct this interview is that you are empire but me as a person speaking with to you is speaking with so much passion not only because i'm an nbc but because i'm ghanian and if you look at the suffering masses and what they go through daily where we have even appointees holding dollars in their homes these are the reasons why the city is performing poorly against the, 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 the dollar. When you have funds being dissipated this way, monies that were spent on vehicle maintenance could buy 72 2023, 2023 Land Cruises. What kind of regime is this? Uh, Alecum, and I re- these uh, are becoming career criminals okay. that uh, we must watch.
0: Uh, Alecum, how how is the protest by the NDC going to bring back all of that money? $60 billion is not money that you can just get overnight.
1: You are virtually saying that we have lost that money and therefore we should fold our
0: arms in our... Uh, that, that, in, in those, those are not my words. I'm asking you <laughs> yeah, how. I'm asking yes. you how. That's my question to you.
1: Well, yes. We, we, we need to, one, in the first place, we must mm-hmm. nip this in the back so that it doesn't continue. It is a major reason why the NDC is requesting that the, 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 uh, NS Addison mm-hmm. resigns because he is lording over this canker and we cannot leave out the vice president who is the chair of the economic advisory management team, and Ken Ophirata. Because these were people who were going to the IMF for the borrowings, for, for the printing of more monies, etc. And when they were leaving recklessly, the NDC started speaking about this long before ago. Many were those who thought it was just noise we were making. So you can tell now that this government is sitting on a can of worms if they eventually get out of that place it would be a miserable situation
4: for
0: Madagascar. Okay. Well, the, these are your words. Um, we're, we're not; they're not backed by any evidence as of now, except to say that the only report we have is on the 60 sixty, sixty billion. Let, let's be fair on that. Yeah, let, let's be fair on that. Yes, and that is what I'm speaking to. I'm telling you. We can't can speak about what's not there or what we haven't seen. What we've okay, seen now sure. is a sixty billion. I agree. Yes. So
1: if, if we are talking of 60 billion loss, right. that is that is a total mess. That is a mess, and that is what I'm thinking of. 55.1 billion negative equity. It means the Bank of Ghana, which was actually cleaning and trying to clean up banks, is now insolvent by itself. That is evidence. That is true. Even CBG. CBG is now considered probably more valuable than our Bank of Ghana. So we have okay. people there who are living like Arabian kings, spending millions of dollars to, 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 to buy gold watches, to spend millions in the name of maintenance. Thirty-two million was spent on communication expenses. You and I can't tell what exactly they used that for. Look, there was serious recklessness in the administration of the Bank of Ghana. And this falls at the doorstep of the very people who are in position of leadership in this regime, which has caused that to happen.
0: Uh, If the president didn't listen to you when you asked for the resignation of the finance minister, what's giving you hope that something will come of this?
1: Hmm. It's because the president is an example of a very bad leader. He will not listen to anybody and will only have his way. He lied to Ghanaian saying that after the IMF, whatever, uh, the the, the finance minister was going to uh, then proceed on leave or you're going to relieve him. Now here we are. What is happening? It is very difficult for the president to take a decision on his family members he has appointed into government, and that is a fact we must say. It is only if the person is not a relative that he is able to take a little bit of punitive measure. But if it is someone related to him, then it becomes extremely very difficult. The president has become the major conduit, and I am not surprised, neither are Ghanaians, that Martin Amidou described him as the mother serpent of corruption. This is very evident in all what we are seeing today. These are career criminals. And I repeat, they are career criminals that okay, are dissipating... If you, if you, if you, if
0: you, I mean, criminality is a serious matter. Uh, you've not, you've not, not used any evidence or any report pointing out that these are criminals. So I'm, I'm taking that off the record. You agree? If you
1: have administrative expenditure of over 131 and million...
0: Just, just, just deal with that for me, clearly. Criminality is a serious matter. There's no document is, incriminating is, neither the finance minister nor... Um, the Bank of Ghana governor, as we speak, no indictment, no formal charges, he's not a criminal.
1: Well, that is, that is my perception from all what I see. So I am telling you from my best eye view of what I am seeing. It looks like a grand criminal career group that is actually descending on the country's surface and destroying it. I understand you and I'm responsible for my words. But you see... It must be stated on authority that never in the history of Ghana has the Bank of Ghana ever registered such colossal amount of loss to the tune of $6 billion, which is twice the amount we're seeking from the IMF. Now, we have made $55.1 billion negative equity in, in, in uh, 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 loss, uh, negativity in equity. That is making the Bank of Ghana insolvent. We have also borrowed recklessly. We've been printing anyhow. They denied it at a point and later on admitted that, yes, indeed, that was it. They were over lending to government as well, too. And for them to have taken the decision to write off over 48.4 billion of GOGs, that is the government of Ghana's indebtedness, that alone is criminal. So when I tell you they are criminal career people, this is what I am standing on. Because it is very criminal for you. To actually decide to write off the government of Ghana's indebtedness to the tune of almost 50 billion without going through parliament. To do so is criminal. Um, and I hope you understand it now.
0: I, no, no, I, I get the point you're making, but it, it borders on the individual. And they may take you on for, for the comments you're, you're making. So, no, it, so that, it, it yeah, that, that's precisely why I'm raising the point. And, and okay, we need to state that okay. clearly on this platform. I, I, I get you. Yes, well. so precisely. I'm
5: stating, like, like, I'm
1: stating it again clearly that mm. the decision of the Bank of Ghana has made them all look like career criminals okay. because fighting to even write to 48.4 billion cities of government of Ghana's indebtedness without passing through the right procedures, such as going through parliament,
0: mm. is criminal. Okay. I like the way you're using the word criminal, but but in this circumstance, I'm repeating again that it's got to do with the individuals. No name has been mentioned. No one has been cited for any criminality. Are we on the same page on that?
1: We are on the same page. The reason why I have not mentioned any name.
0: Okay. Isaac, let's get to the data. I'll, I'll get to Elike once more. But beyond this, why should we worry about the situation in which the Bank of Ghana finds itself now?
2: Of course, the Bank of Ghana is supposed to be the lender of last resort, and it's supposed to perform what we call the moral switch, where it has to help all central banks to toe a certain line in terms of monetary policy and other fiscal measures. And so if you have the central bank, which is supposed to be the lender of last resort, hosting a loss of $6 US billion, which is twice the amount you're getting from the International Monetary Fund, then that should be worrying, because it's the same you know, bank that gave out government money, uh, it gave non-marketable, you know, instrument of about 32 billion, hoping to get it plus interest. Marketable, in you know, instrument which is the bond, 16 billion cocoa bills, uh, cocoa board, you know, bonds about 4.7 billion, and others, totaling close to uh, 61 billion Ghana cedis. All of these monies have been rendered as okay. a loss, and Bank of
0: Ghana may not get it back. In any form. I, I want us to do th- this exercise, and, you know, carry out an exercise by telling the viewer how this money and, and its absence by extension has a possible effect on the economy, mm-hmm. i.e. where we find ourselves today.
2: Yeah, of course. The Bank of Ghana must, must come in when, you know, commercial banks face uh, liquidity situations because this moment, you know, because of the DDP, some of the banks have been rendered uh, somewhat insolvent where uh, they, are, they have to turn in you know, some recapitalization you know, um, request for the Bank of Ghana to come in to save them. So in this situation, you're asking the Bank of Ghana to save itself, save government, save commercial banks, and save individuals who give money to government in the form of bonds. Now, as a consumer or as a business person out there, mind you, Bank of Ghana is supposed to lend to commercial banks who will then lend to you. So if the central banks finds itself in a very tight situation, it simply tells you that when the commercial banks find themselves in a certain situation, they can't come in to help them for you, the private person, to also get cheaper loans. Right. They will not be able to perform their monetary policy, you know, um, um, you know responsibility, where they have to regulate yeah. interest rates and all of those things. Mind you, if, they, if Bank of Ghana is in a very sound situation, that's when they can perform very good monetary policies. Where it will affect businesses, you can go to the
0: bank. And so so we agree, business and, business and we all property. agree that they, they found themselves in this space. How is it, and let's get to the individuals. That, that's where I'm interested mm. in, if, if not by names, mm. by portfolio. How is the management of the central bank involved in what's going on here? Are there any expenditure lines and items that are likely you know, jeopardizing the situation and making it worse off? Well, if not for this haircut, well, well,
2: well, exactly. The central bank, when they, they were giving out the monies to government, they didn't, I'm not sure they thought of it, that there was going to be a time that there's going to be what we call domestic debt exchange program where they had to write off some of the loans they gave to government. Like any bank who give loans to an individual, that is the same way the Bank of Ghana also gave loans to the government, hoping that governments could come back and pay later on and there's nothing wrong with the central bank helping you know the you know the, the the government in terms of their their expenditure funding their expenditure and all of those but if you do it beyond a certain level then it becomes problematic because bank of ghana was expecting that this money that they've given to you you pay it back so that they use it for other things yeah. and Because we find ourselves in a situation where we did not have foreign liquidity, we needed to go for an IMF program. And one of the conditions was that if you find yourself in a debt situation which is unsustainable, then you have to restructure your debts, whether at the domestic level or at the external level, before we give you the liquidity support. Bank of Ghana did not think about restructuring of debt when they gave out 10 billion CDs to government to fund COVID expenditure they did not think about restructuring when they gave extra 6 billion CDs to government to perform other responsibilities. They never thought of all of those okay. things.
0: There's one research paper pending, um, and that's where I'll, I'll go back to you, Isaac, on uh, about what the findings are, and possibly what we're looking at in terms of the academic um, research or probing into all of this. But but let me wrap up with you, elikem Kim, the way forward. And you are a political party, don't forget the NDC. You must and by extension, that's what you claim you stand for as a political party, contribute to national development. The question is, what alternatives are you suggesting as a political party to resolve this crisis?
1: See, it is just that leadership has failed to stay true to to, uh, what power is. This regime has failed to be very transparent, to be accountable to the people of Ghana. Each time we ask questions, you know their usual answers. Either go to court, go to court, or do this, or do that. In a very arrogant posturing, and from the president down to even the cleaner in the regime, there has always been a certain posturing of arrogance. It is what has brought us where we are today. Then the unfortunate tolerance, too much tolerance of these by many. And that is why I have said to you, and I'm pleading with you in the media also, that we have treated this regime with too much velvet gloves, which makes them feel very pampered and continue to do anything and everything they wish, and that we will talk about it, and after that, the matter will die down. It is why one of the first steps we are asking is for the governor to step down in 21 days. If not, if he doesn't do that, then the second step will be to make sure that we mount the pressure that will be required for all Ghanaians who are concerned and worried, who are suffering, who these people are enjoying, and plunging us into the mess to all mass up, mass up at the, the premise of the central bank. Then other actions will follow. This, for the last time, will actually be done unabated.
0: If, if the NDC believes that the economy is um, worse off, that's playing to your political advantage. Why not wait till next year for an election? At least you, you could demonstrate that indeed you have the capable hands to handle the economy. The NDC
1: is the only alternative. However, we are not an opportunist political party who would actually sacrifice the health, the, the well-being of the Ghanian and say that things are hard, times are tough, people are dying, people's bonds are not being paid, the economy is, is struggling, and therefore we should jubilate. No, the very Ghanaians who will even vote for us will be suffering. What if they cannot live up to 2024? So we are speaking today, not, because, not only because we are NDC, but because we are Ghanaians. So we had Ghanaians wearing the NDC cloth. So as I speak with you, I speak to you first because the, the first reason for granting me this interview is because I'm a Ghanaian. Then the second is because I belong to a party that is opposition. And so we should always have that in mind, that every person who belongs to a political party is equally also a Ghanian. And I speak to you as a Ghanian who is passionate. I speak as a youth who feels very disappointed that the numerous people out there are suffering, whilst a few are enjoying and are conducting themselves even in criminalities. It is the more reason why I repeat these are career criminals.
0: Okay, I wonder who you're referring to. I don't know I don't know about that. So, so we'll have that conversation later on. Thank you, Elikem, for spending some time with us. Um, a criminal day, as Elikem uh, is calling it. But the, mm. <laughs> for us, we're just looking at the figures. Yeah. That's what we're concerned about. So uh, let's wrap up with this um, research, which is also out, w- which appears to be in line with what it is that, um, you know, some other reports are pointing out at the Bank of Ghana. Yeah. Who are the authors of this research and what are some of the possible findings? So
2: this research paper was put together by Dr. Rich Monet and his colleague Frempone. And Mr. Frempone, they actually point out that the Bank of Ghana was more or less used as the shock absorber in the just ended domestic debt exchange program. In fact, the first round. So this is a situation. Whereas all other creditors who participated in this DDP probably took haircuts on interest payments, where they had their interest extended or reduced. Uh, Bank of Ghana was the only entity that suffered haircuts on principal and on interest. So in in essence, Bank of Ghana took haircuts on the principal and interest as well. So that is the reason why Bank of Ghana posted this um, huge or humongous loss of about Uh, 61 billion uh, Ghana cities that we're talking about. So the research paper was very clear that because of this huge deficit or loss, Bank of Ghana is going to face serious challenges in performing uh, some of its monetary policy uh, duties and then also, um, you know, Bank of Ghana will not be as credible as it used to be uh, based on uh, the findings of the research paper and the fact that uh, the lender of last resort looks like it needs recapitalization okay, here's the point. even more
0: than its commercial banks. Is, is the Bank of Ghana out of option, um, or options if I should use that word, in, in terms of what they could do, how they could, they can't avert it now, they can just manage the risk associated with it. What are the possible scenarios that we can look at in terms of the uh, cushion that the central bank may want to follow?
2: Well, funny enough, they already have a helper, which is the IMF, which has already come in to promise a support of $3 billion, uh, which is coming in tranches. Yeah. So just like the way commercial banks will fall on, you know, Bank of Ghana, Bank of Ghana also is more or less falling on the IMF and the World Bank as, a, as the lender of last resort. So they have an option. But the only string attached is that Bank of Ghana will now have to perform what we call the 0% financing. The liberty uh, with which they, they used to sponsor or fund governmental expenditure in 2021-2022, they are not going to have that same freedom again. Uh, they are going to be you know, supervised strictly by the World Bank and then the IMF. But if you ask me if they have options, the only option they have on the table right now is the IMF and the World Bank's you know, support.
0: Isaac, a data analyst here at Jornies, there's some more uh, that that we need to look at, Isaac, because uh, this afternoon as as well, when there's a high-level Ecowas mission uh, which is headed to Niger today, as the community's effort uh, to restoring democracy in the country continues, Ecowas gave the military uh, junta in uh, Niger up to um, last Sunday to relinquish power and to restore the former. Um, precedent uh, failing which there will be some action in terms of uh, deployment of military troops uh, to the area. The deadline has since uh, elapsed and no action has been announced so far. Speaking last night on PM Express, uh, the ECOWAS Commissioner for Political Affairs, Ambassador Dr. Abdel Fatal Musa, announced that the high power delegation will be in Niger today to continue efforts at uh, convincing the military regime to relinquish power
6: requires has an array of tools in this arsenal as far as uh, our fight to restore constitutional order in the region goes. You know, so we have to exhaust all these, you know, tools in our toolbox. And the first of them, like we said, has been the, uh, the shuttle diplomacy that has been going on. We have deployed missions there. Uh, we have not actually had any joy yet. Even as the deadline for the release of President Bazoum and the restoration of constitutional order, uh, you know, were passing, we were still insisting on the mediation angle of it. Tomorrow, uh, I am joining a team from the UN from. Uh, ECOWAS and then from the African Union to go back to Niger, uh, to go and continue what this diplomatic work that we are doing. In the meantime, the chiefs of defense staff met uh, in a two-day planning meeting to develop a comprehensive, something like an intervention roadmap you know, for uh, the ECOWAS intervention in Mali. So that also has been concluded. So what is next? And I think that was your question. On Thursday, the heads of state are going to meet and they are going to be accompanied by their chiefs of defense staff during the ECOA summit.
0: ECOWAS is, however, not ruling out a full-blown military intervention in Niger to force the military regime out of power. According to ECOWAS Commissioner for Political Affairs Ambassador Dr. Abdel Fattah Musa, the sanctions imposed on Niger is working so far.
6: We are going to review the diplomatic efforts that have been deployed up till this point uh, to see uh, where we need to you know, uh, strengthen our approach. And as I said, we had an array of tools in the meantime. Sanctions have started biting in the country. Sanctions were also imposed on the country. Uh, They were cast in the electricity. Uh, You know, parts of uh, Nigeria today is in the dark. Uh, Prices have shot up overnight, and there is a lot of pressure on the junta, you know, to yield. To do something. You know, so we are using all these suits. And then on Thursday, we are going to review have these efforts uh, worked so far. If they have not, what next. And what is going to be done will be an analysis. Uh, that the Chiefs of Defence will give their report about the concept of operation for the military intervention in the country, which has never been off the table but we have said it is going to be the option of last resort. Okay, so they will give that. They will, the member states will confirm their contribution of elements, whether contingency owned the equipment, how many troops and other things, to try and then finalize that, uh, you know, also, and then uh, also to review uh, all other uh, options and also to decide on, if we are going to intervene militarily, when and where all those issues are going to be the prerogative of the authority of heads of state and government. And like you said uh, earlier on, uh, the deadline passed, and many people thought, oh, the deadline has passed, so Equus uh, must be, uh, you know, intervening right now. That is not how the military operates. Because we have to maintain that strategic uh, ambiguity, just to keep people guessing as to when, where and how, uh, if there is going to be a military option, how it is going to be applied.
0: We know that in the last few hours, as is indicated, uh, a lot of reactions have been coming up, and the African Regional Organization of International Trade Union uh, Confederation has issued a statement asking the regional body, ECOWAS, and the AU to hasten slowly with their plans to use force to push up the military regime in Niger. Let's get to it in terms of what it is that the uh, content says about this very military deployment. It indicates, first of all, that the uh, Africa Regional Organization of the International Trade uh, Union Confederation, the, the ITUC uh, Africa, uh, is condemning uh, and um, condemned earlier at the Unconstitutional and undemocratic change of power in Niger, which occurred on the 26th of July when the presidential guard of the country declared martial law after deposing the president. We reiterate our commitment uh, to constitutionality and democracy. However, we are worried by the economic community of West African states' ultimatum to threaten. Uh, And the threat to intervene militarily to restore the deposed president to power. We wish to state categorically and unambiguously that the African workers reject a military option in solving the political impasse in We call on ECOWAS, rather than mobilizing for military development, to engineer and engage in a robust and swift diplomatic and political move to resolve. The crisis and uh, the statement continues to indicate that uh, they are observing the security situation uh, in the Sahel region in the past years and will definitely uh, coming. So, what do Ghanaians think about the potential uh, ECOWAS military intervention in Niger, uh, which includes Ghanaian soldiers? Because the uh, defense minister confirmed that Ghana is willing to join you, has been speaking to some of uh, your. Um, counterparts, if I may say, Ghanaians here on the streets of Accra.
7: Surely, be some backlash, you know. Um, some of the threats, you know, are been directed to some of the Ecowas member countries from these French countries, you know. Uh-huh. So we have to be very, very careful. And it's a very easy thing for them to take advantage of the situation and start looking towards Nigeria, Ghana, and other countries steps that ECOWAS is taking is truly misplaced. It is not something that Africa or Africans should support. I'm not in support of, you know, this ECOWAS intrusion on the land. In as much as Nigeria is connected to Ghana, definitely what yeah. So, what happens to Nigeria? What happens to ECOWAS? Basically, affects Ghanaians. So, if you want to send military personnel or troops to go and then counter their decision, that implies that Ghana also supports the uh, how the country is being governed. And you know how Ghana, other countries also see Ghana that our president is not governing as well. Your home, you have fire in your backyard. Put it off before you come to us. So I think we should act professionally. Try to have bilateral talks, professional talks, diplomatic talks.
8: We need, we also need to do our homework well. You what is happening if you listen to the, the explanation being given by the, the, the military junta, you realize that they have a point. Ghana can be affected by going to uh, fight against the, the the leader or the military people who are in charge of the affair for now. They, they could be affected because uh, uh, in some people's country that is what they have chosen to go. Once they have gotten supporters over there people are supporting what they have done. No, they can victimize. Our, we have people over there. Ghaniers are there. So if they are they, they should not forget that we have Ghanaians over there. So if uh, Ghanaians are there and they are going to fight probably killing innocent people in the, over there they can revenge by Going around looking for those uh, West Africa countries that are going to fight against the look for their citizens. So, in, in one way or the other, we are being affected indirectly.
2: After the ECOWAS Union or ECOWAS states to find a way to actually find or make peace amicably rather than sending soldiers. And we know the Russians are also supporting the Nigerians. And then, if that will be the case, we can win this case. So let's take our time and solve this thing
8: before sending our troops over there. No, for my view, for my, my view, Diana should not to suffer because what is happening in Nigeria is also happening here. So if we are not care what is happening in Nigeria, it will come to Ghana.
2: People, they are also facing like the, the economy is very tough. Then that's why they overthrown their president. So Ghana, we are facing the same thing. If you are working, things are not going well for you. So we also
1: need to throw our president away. So there are. There's no need Ghanaians armies to go and support the Niger people, the ECOWAS. If Ghana support I sir, the same thing needs to happen in Ghana here.
0: Streets so, of uh, joining us now as ranking member of the Defense and Interior Committee, James Zagaga. Thank you, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, you must be concerned, definitely, on the Interior Committee, knowing that the possibility of what's happening outside could affect the stability here within. What's the recommendation, first of all, on how our president should deal with this matter and also, going forward, what ECOWAS should be doing?
1: I would say that President do who happens to be
5: a
8: key
1: member of the ECOWAS, uh, uh, you know, heads of state and authority, should should be very measured. Look, Ecowas was very very quick in issuing out an ultimatum to the military junta in in share to reinstate the deposed president or face military action. When the ultimatum came, clearly Ecowas have not exhausted um, diplomatic um, efforts aimed at. Uh, You know, dealing with the crisis, I mean, which unfolded in that country. And now, by issuing ultimatums, I think ECOWAS has compromised itself in terms of uh, negotiating an amicable settlement to the impasse. Given that, I mean, previously, ECOWAS member states went through the same uh, 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 trajectory in terms of military takeovers, and, and, and yet, ECOWAS did not uh, adopt that kind of um, posturing. Guinea is a typical example. What happened in Guinea when the military in that country took over uh, power from uh, a civilian government? Burkina Faso, we saw two coups in, in a row. The first one overthrew a civilian government. The second coup overthrew uh, uh, another military leader. ECOWAS was fired up. Okay, let me finish Chad, there are so many examples, and you wonder why Ecowas has suddenly decided to, um, you know, assume the posturing that we have seen over the uh, past uh, few days. I think that it is important that Ecowas should begin to ask itself what the underlying causes of the military takeover.
0: So, so what will you then suggest in terms of the way forward? And able to
1: establish line courses are, they can begin to attempt to solve those underlying causes. But if 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 they sit back and allow the militaries within the sub-region to overthrow. Uh, uh, Resolved. First of
0: all, what is the authority? Um, so, when it comes to the issue about the deployment, we are. Honourable se- <laughs> uh, James, it appears we're having some challenge with you there in terms of hearing you. Uh, are you are you with us? Okay, it appears uh, we're having some challenges, uh, which Richard. Uh, Honourable. James Agaga, but uh, the point is about the deployment that we're seeing now, knowing that, of course, the um, diplomatic mission officially is in Niger. Uh, we're also reading uh, of this uh, report that's also coming through that uh, some solidarity deployment is being done uh, by uh, the military regimes in Mali and the others. Um, we're yet to confirm that. But let's go back to uh, another James Agaga, who's uh, also the ranking on the interior. And Defence uh, Committee of uh, Parliament, uh, and you were just talking there about the deployment that is about to be made. I was speaking to the Defence Minister um, somewhere uh, about a week ago, indicating to us that Ghana is ready to contribute troops. And you say that will not be a good move.
1: First of all, the Minister for Defence must understand that the Parliament of Ghana has not granted any approval for ghana to contribute troops to ECOWAS intervention force in mali they must understand that for ghana to contribute troops for ghana to partake in any in military intervention in the republic of niger the people of this country represented by its parliament must authorize such a deployment as far as i know the Minister for Defence has not tabled any ECOWAS resolution warranting Ghana to partake in contributing troops to intervene militarily.
0: Not support is that the point that you would not support parliamentarily speaking, you would not support any move to deploy the troops. Honorable uh, James Agaga, I'm just asking if you would not support. Insofar as yeah. there is no UN, I
1: will, I will, I will not support the move. I will not, and the reasons are not far-fetched. First of all, as we speak, there is no legal basis in, in the Republic of Niger. There is no legal basis. In international law, I mean, you, the only, the only body that can authorize.
0: Very salient points that uh, James Agarga was making there. Uh, le, le, the way. Uh, Honorable James Agarga, we, we seem to be losing you intermittently, but just take that point for us again, that the reason for which you're saying you would not support any military action or Ghana contributing its troops. Yes. Uh,
1: the point I'm making is that
0: yeah.
1: at the moment, we don't even have any legal... mandated under international law to authorize the use of force. To authorize the use of is the UN Security Council.
0: And we'll, we'll, we'll get back to James O'Galga, uh, because he's making the, a very serious point about um, the need for UN backing for us to contribute to our troops. Uh, as to what the legal position is on that, uh, but we, we need to argue it out. He will join us back again um, to, to explore that. But even as we speak, um, there's some tracking that we're doing about the, the situation when it comes to the no fly zone sanctions that were imposed by ECOWAS. Uh, because that's biting hard, and yet we're spotting some indication that uh, gives us a sense of hope that the uh, diplomatic mission uh, from ECOWAS is indeed in Niger as we speak. Um, Isaac Ofeja is still tracking that for us. Uh, So, Isaac, let's get to the explanation of what we're about to see on our screens now. Mm. We're tracking the flights, correct? Yeah. So the airspace was
2: closed on Sunday uh, where no airline or no plane was supposed to uh, land in Niger from any part of the the, uh, other countries. But since Sunday, we've been tracking, you know, airlines, you know, moving to Niamey. And we can count about three of them. One was yesterday, it moved from Burkina Faso. It was a transport plane that moved from Burkina Faso, which is Ouagadougou, to Niamey. And then just about 30 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago, if my estimation is correct, a plane just landed in Niamey. It was from Burkina Faso, rather from Niger to Burkina Faso. And this plane belonged to the, the Niger Air Force. And currently, as we speak, there is another plane from Turkey, which is moving from uh, is moving from you know um, Turkey to um, to Burkina. Sorry, to Niamey. So well, there you can so see. So what we see is,
0: now, because, yes. because there are so many uh, flights on the screen, sir, just as, as what we're seeing now. If we refresh on the,
2: screen. the map to see the current you know flight that's moving from Istanbul to Niame. So what we can say is that we can count or we can confirm that uh, since the airspace was closed on Sunday, uh, three flights have actually landed, uh, two in Niame and one from Niame to Ouagadougou. So although the airspace has been uh, closed, you can see some um, transport movement between Burkina Faso and Niger, and then also between Niger and then Turkey. And what is happening is that the neighboring countries that could have used Niger as a short route yeah. uh, to travel will now have to redirect most of their flights. So, for instance, Nigeria can no longer fly fly over Niger. They have to use another route, whether to use Ghana or another place. And then also we have airlines complaining that because of this, you know, um, travel cost and time have all been increased because... Um, Niger usually was supposed to be um, you know, a shorter route to either Nigeria or to any other place but because of the closure um, they are redirecting their flight and most of the flights are being redirected to Mali that's why yeah. on the map you see a lot of planes moving either to Mali or out of Mali but you do not see any plane coming to Niger but per what I'm tracking right now there's a plane from Istanbul yeah. heading towards Niamey. And this belongs to the Turkish airline, um, uh, so it's moving from Istanbul uh, to uh, to Niamey. Okay, so,
0: so we need Namib. to explain that this is a live situation that we're seeing yes. right now. And uh, apologies, we are not able to bring you all of the details now, but, but that's uh, just to give you a sense of what's happening. Uh, quite an isolated area mm. now, if you look at it in terms yeah. of what's happening. So yeah. most of the flights appear to be adhering with the... Um, no-fly zone sanction that Absolutely. was imposed uh, by ECOWAS. A meeting is underway, uh, No, will be happening actually mm-hmm. on Thursday, uh, where the heads of states will decide on what happens next. Uh, but I uh, understand the Honourable James Agarga is back on, on Zoom with us. Uh, apologies, Honourable, because we lost you earlier when you were making the point about um, the Parliament of Ghana not backing um, the military deployment of our Ghanaian armed forces joining the ECOMOG or ECOWAS uh, troops, if we may term them as such. What's your reasoning for that?
1: Point right. That at the moment, there is no legal basis for what the ECOWAS uh, authority of health of state and government uh, want to do. The ultimatum to reinstate or, or or face military action has no legal basis. And I made the point that, look, the only authority or body authorized to uh, give its consent or approval for the use of force is the UN um, Security Council. But as we speak, I am not aware of any such Decision by the UN Security Council to authorize the use of force against the Republic of Niger because internally there has been a, a, a coup which, which toppled a, a, a civilian um, elected administration. And so there be no such UN Security Council resolution backing the ECOWAS intended uh, military intervention. I would say that under international law, we, 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 the any such intervention would be an illegal intervention, and for which reason Ghana should not partake in the the the, the intended illegal action that the authority of heads of states of ECOWAS, uh, uh want to embark upon. That is the first leg of uh, my argument. I earlier only the point that Ghana's Parliament, Ghana's Parliament, must be consulted. So far as Ghana's own commitment to the course of the ECOWAS intended military intervention in Niger is concerned. So far, Ghana's parliament has not been consulted. And I'm saying this on authority. The approval of parliament has not been sought for Ghana to deploy boots in the Republic of Niger. And so I think the Minister for Defense must be reminded here that he has an obligation to seek parliamentary approval before Ghana can participate in any military intervention on foreign soil. So these are two reasons, compelling reasons, why I would not even support Ghana's participation in any military intervention in Nigeria in the first place. But, but, but aside these two um, points I have registered with you, uh, for all intents and purposes, any military intervention in Niger is going to be disastrous because you have other countries in the sub-region which do not back the uh, 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 decision taken by ECOWAS. Notable examples are Mali, Burkina Faso, and even some non-ECOWAS members like Algeria, which borders Niger, And so the the question to ask is, in the event of um, military intervention, can the Republic of Niger solicit the support of those countries that don't back intervention in, 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 in Miami or Niger? And if they do, why? We're going to have a West African world war. You have countries that align themselves to Niger, pitching themselves in battle against... Uh, a Nigerian-led bloc that are in support of military intervention in Niger, can we contain the bloodshed? And what would be the end game? What would be the end game? Look at the shared size of Niger. You want to send an intervention force in Niger to reinstate a deposed president, and for how long can that intervention uh, force be in Niger to enforce law and order? For how long? We've seen examples uh, in Mali when the United States intervened mm-hmm. and
0: elsewhere. What was the outcome? Okay, but here's the case. What was
8: the outcome of U.S. military?
0: Yeah, I, I get the point you're raising, but but, but here, here's the point. Um, in, so I, <laughs> okay. Um, we seem to be having a challenge there um, with uh, Honorable James uh, Agalga, who... Um, Appears to be explaining what, what's happening. Uh, and Honorable, just one more time, uh, let, let's try if we, we'll see if the lines will be stable. I, I was just about pointing you to the minutes on the last summit that, that was held. President de Kufado was there, according to the records. He was present, he endorsed the position. So that's our position by extension as a country. seem to be having a challenge there. Um, Isaac, let's wrap up. So you have any further details to share with
2: us? Yeah, so I think we have details on the plane that you know just took off from Istanbul to Niger. So it was estimated that this plane was set off from Istanbul at 12 p.m., but because of this delay, it took off somewhere around 2 o'clock, and we are estimating that by 5, it should be in Niamey or in Niger. But what we do not understand is that the fact that most of the scheduled flights have been cancelled, but this particular, you know, um, plane from Turkey, uh, which is a bit close to Russia, is being allowed to come to, to Niger. Yeah. So we've seen three right now, one from Istanbul and one that just flew from Niamey to Burkina Faso, right. which belonged to an air force, the Niger you know, Air Force. Yeah. And then there was another one that flew from Burkina Faso, a transport plane. Uh, yesterday to nigeria so we do not quite get what is going on because it's supposed to be a no flight zone Uh, the the airspace has been closed nigeria is not being allowed to use the airspace they are redirecting most of their flights through chad and then uh, burkina faso and other places but we do not understand why this particular airline from turkey which is an airbus is being allowed to fly from Istanbul. Oh,
0: interesting questions yeah. there. Something that we would need to explore some more, but uh, we know that that meeting will happen on Thursday. I expect join us to bring you some updates. We're taking a break here on the polls. When we get back, we'll get you some updates on the embattled Sicilya Department and what has become of the case. Please say.
9: Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile.
1: Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your
9: day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion.
10: Hey, guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go.
9: Can you bring
1: down their smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the FDA.
10: Daddy... Daddy, oh, this tank is big!
5: Yes, that's true.
10: It can store a lot of water. That's
1: so true.
10: Wow! It has a working satisfaction eighth!
1: Mm-hmm. That's so
10: true! I can see S, I, and That
1: is so true, my daughter.
6: Are you tough?
10: Joy 99.7 FM brings you another Joy Family Forum dubbed Becoming Mr. and Mrs. All You Need to Know Before Marriage A breakfast meeting for singles led by home affairs and hosted by yours truly, Adam Knight T. Our guest speakers for the day are Ghana's favorite uncle, Uncle Lebo White, and Reverend Mrs. Rita Crunchy Ankara, First Lady of the Royal House Chapel, Mrs. Theresa Riafia-Sante, Mamati, T, Ariel, the Wellness Coach, Kobina Tabedu, PG Sebastian, Lawyer Kwe Kuyamwa Pinto, Dr. Promise Sefoga, and a host of other seasoned relationship coaches and counselors will all be in attendance. You get to enjoy a good buffet breakfast, giveaways, networking, and other fun activities at a cool rate of 150 Ghana CDs per head and 250 for two. Venue is the Best Western Plus Hotel, Nungwa. Time is 6 a.m. through to 10 a.m. and the date is 12 August 2023. Please reserve your sports now. Call or WhatsApp 059-288-9986 for your reservations. This event is supported by Best Western Plus Hotel, Nungwa, Ship Healthcare Specialist Medical Center, Nish, Gobakinti, and Marie Noel's Spa and salon. Becoming Mr. and Mrs. All you need to know before marriage.
1: It's the Premier League, all on DSTV. All the goals, clashes, and moments. All of Rashford, Salah, and Saka. This start is getting better and better. All in the language of your choice, all in HD. Available on all these bouquets to choose from, to watch on all these devices. Get DSTV with an HD decoder, plus one month compact for 299 CDs. It's the Premier League, all on DSTV.
10: For crystal clear and thrilling podcast and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MindJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated.
0: And you're welcome back, Father of uh, Patience, one of the accused persons standing trial in the case of uh, alleged uh, stolen money belonging to the former sanitation minister has been discharged by the court. This was after the prosecution amended its charge sheets in court Tuesday. The amended charge uh, sheet actually now has seven accused persons, including the um, two lactating mothers that we're hearing of. Richard Kojiniak, was in court and has come through with this report. So five accused
11: persons were initially put before the court, but the prosecution indicated that they are amending the charge sheet, and so they amended the charge sheet to include others they have arrested. They, however, did not include the father of patients, but, and so the father goes free for now. Now the prosecution's case is that they need more time to conduct their investigations because after the last agenda, they have been able to arrest two more persons. They retrieved 200 Acura vehicles valued at 600,000 Ghana cities. They have also located four houses and so on the basis of that, a lot needs to be uncovered and so the court should grant them more time. But the arguments for the accused persons is that they have been in police custody for one month already, and some of them are lactating mothers, two of them in fact. They are lactating mothers where their children have to be brought to the police custody for them to be given uh, breast milk. And so it doesn't auger well for the development of the child. It denies the children of bonding with their mother. And so based on that, the court should grant them some bail and the court based on that decided to grant bail to the two lactating mothers and urge other accused persons to make a formal application for the bill. So the case has been adjourned to the 22nd of August 2023. Lawyer for three of the accused persons has been explaining what happened in court.
2: So their pleas have not been taken and prosecution opposed the bail application given the reason that they are still, they have not finished with their investigation and they are still ongoing carrying on investigations. So, uh, in respect, uh, however, the court granted uh, A2 and A5 because uh, they are lactating mothers. The court admitted them to to the sum of one million Ghana cities with three authorities to be justified. And the court further ordered that we filed a formal application for bail to be moved on the 22nd. Uh, I'm representing A5, A6 and A7.
11: From the court, my name is Richard kwejenia for joining News.
0: And four persons have been arrested for allegedly engaging in examination malpractice. At the start of the BEC examination on Monday, the arrest has been attributed to stringent measures implemented in this year's uh, exams to check the challenge head of public affairs at uh, the WAEC John Capi confirmed the arrest to join us. According to him, the arrest was made in the Ashanti region, Tema, and central regions.
5: Yes, we've received a few reports uh, from uh, the Ashanti region where um, one individual was picked up when he was trying to approach the examination hall with some prepared uh, material for the candidates. We've also picked somebody up from uh, Tamar West, uh, that's Tema Central actually, where the lady had a tablet that had some information that she intended passing on to the candidates. In the Central region, don't want to be specific, we've picked up two people who were uh, answering the questions in the middle of the paper that they intended sending in to the candidates who were writing the exam here. Yeah. Well, these are criminal cases according to our uh, rules and regulations governing the conduct of the examination. And anybody who breaches any of these rules, what we do is we we'll simply report you to the law enforcement agencies. They apply our um, rules and then you know, they are charged with are sent to court.
0: Well, the council is also deploying drones to deliver exam papers in some um, uh, had to reach communities, PC candidates in the sanctuary f- from Plains, for instance, got their papers by drone services. John Capiz, the head of PR at um, Waik, he tells us more about the rationale behind this new strategy. You were speaking to Benes Abubeidu, uh earlier on Newsdesk. Received information
5: that the road between Acta and the such AFRAM Plains was not more trouble because, of course, we had the rainy season, and um, there was no way that we could have gone there. The canoes that were being used there were, you know, nothing to write them about. So we chose to uh, uh, use the drone uh, services, and that has worked for us. Well, so far, we have just one school, um, okay. Aninofi. You know, Uh, SDA, uh, GHS, that is where we are using the drone to transport the question papers to. We have intensified our monitoring system across all the centers in the country. We are using uh, the National Investigative Bureau. We have also some police uh, personnel who are helping. We have um, the WIC officers who are deployed to every part of the country. And then we also have some specially recruited personnel that the council has recruited and these are also being used across the country. We have reports of some, uh, let me call them flashpoints of malpractice prone areas. And in those areas, we have intensified our monitoring to ensure that sanity prevails at all the centers where the examinations are being taken.
0: Well, let's now uh, bring you to Accra where my colleague Jacqueline Yabua has uh, been in one of the centres here in Accra this morning, this report.
12: Today is day two of the basic education certificate examination and currently I am at St. Paul's Lutheran um, School where we have about 10 schools in here and the candidates here are 148. So I'm here to talk to the students um, as to how their first paper for the day went. So how was the paper for you today? It was great. No issues? No. What, what is that one question that you were expecting that actually came? Mm, the reproductive system. I was quite, um, how do we say it? I was expecting that question. I learned it throughout this, um, the time we were supposed to write the examination. I read and read because I saw that it was confirmed. So when I saw it, I was so happy. But I couldn't show it. Okay. All right, what about you? Um, I was expecting density. Okay. But it didn't come. It didn't come. But earlier you said everything was okay for yeah, you. Because I knew the race, so everything was great. Okay, so I'm still here at Run School with students from Agri Memorial. And with me, I also have the head boy of the school. Um, how was the paper, your third paper? How was it?
9: It was very good. I experienced a lot today.
12: Sh- share some with her. What did you experience?
9: Like, the papers were somehow difficult, somehow easy. Yeah. Oh, it was great, it was great, see.
12: It was great? Are you sure? Yeah, you didn't encounter any issues? For me, for me, the questions are too cheap for me. See, too the too questions cheap. are too cheap? Oh, too cheap, too cheap. Okay. Mm. So how well are you preparing for the next paper? I'm really prepared, like,
2: I'm prepared. I've been learning the airline so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the next one.
7: It was fantabulous.
12: Fantabulous. Okay. Um, the questions that you were expecting, did they come through? Simple, Like... What my
7: science teacher taught me this morning, almost half of the questions came. So, I give thanks to him. Like,
12: you don't give thanks to God, but you give thanks to your science teacher.
7: Uh, you, oh, God is first, but my teacher is second. You understand it, right?
12: It was very normal and it was very good, just like normal exams. It wasn't difficult. What paper was it, um, Integrated Science? Okay, and um, what about you? How was it? Same. It was like normal examination. Right. So the first day when you started, was there any fears and all that? Yeah, there was. But how did you overcome it? When I saw the way the questions were, and I was like, oh, this is like normal examination, so it's okay.
10: It was fine. Fine? Yes. Um,
12: and you, did you encounter any issues and all that?
10: No. No? Yes. How well are you preparing for the next paper? Um, I'm praying that I'll go and learn what I have to learn and what I will expect to come. That what I'll be learning.
12: Well, it went good, though. Yeah, many issues. The way he said though, it means there's something there. Mm-hmm. Well, before we started the papers, the ventilators were very straight, like
10: <laughs> they scared
12: Yeah, them. we were very nervous. But as time goes on, they told us we should come, we'll be able to write it. So by the grace of Allah we're able to face
10: any challenge over there.
11: Mm, it was very good, but unfortunately it was good, good, bad, good bad <laughs> but it was nice.
12: Good, bad, good, bad. Give us more details. What was bad? For the question one, it was compulsory.
1: But for the other ones, you have to choose only four. But for the four, I wasn't able to do all, so I answered only two. So I will say it wasn't good for me.
12: It is very interesting. And I hope that by the end of the paper, I'll get a good result. And the paper, if not have a confidence or you not have something, or you know, you have to learn before you can make it. If you are waiting for God to make, like, maybe God to help you, God help those who help themselves. It was good because I myself here yeah, and what I learned didn't come. And when I went there... What did you learn that didn't come? I learned, like, the digestive system... And uh, how you labor, is, that's what I learned. And I want, I, my hope was it that it will come, but it didn't come. So to me, the exams wasn't good today. It wasn't all that good for you. All right. And uh, what school do you want to go to? Um, Laboni. Laboni, what about you? Laboni, what about you? Oh, me, I'll go to home for yeah. All right, anyways, I wish you all the best. We just heard from the students who are writing their BEC here at St. Paul's Lutheran Schools, where we have about 10 schools here, and we could hear from the students how today's paper was. For join News, Jacqueline Ansumar Yeboah.
0: Well, let's take Ashanti now, where Emmanuel Bright-Quaker reports uh, a female candidate was um, prevented by her husband from sitting the examination. Interesting development. It's uh, uh, unclear the reason uh, for the husband's decision as officials of the Ghana National Association um, in the uh, Shanti region are uh, taking up uh, that charge to investigate uh, the matter. Um, let's get more from Imano Bright-Kweku, who's joining us with more. Imano, uh, what more do we know about this development?
4: All right. So and um, bless blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, during my monitoring this morning, um, I went to some of the centers in yassakari and then um, Poporiko municipalities where I engaged um, some of the supervisors over there. When I went, um, fortunately, I met some officials from the Ghana National Association of Teachers um, going around to monitor how um, the exam is being conducted um, at the various centers. So I tried engaging uh, one of them. So when I engaged one of them he told me that um, so far with the observations, especially with absenteeism, they are recording quite a number of them at some of the centres. And so they inquired from the supervisors over there what could be the reason um, for this actual case. And then it emerged that um, one of the students was actually prevented um, from writing the exam by um, the husband. The husband prevented him from writing the exam. That is why and um, um, she couldn't sit for the exam. And according to them, um, it happened yesterday. So uh, I think yesterday that the person couldn't write, and then today too, when they went, um, the person couldn't sit for this particular examination. So that is what he actually told me when I engaged him. But he has assured that um, they are going to investigate uh, because they don't even know the whereabouts. He actually inquired from the teachers of this particular student um, to know where the student is. So they, they couldn't ascertain where the student, the teacher couldn't ascertain, and then neither them. But they are showing us that once they are done um, with the exam, according to him, once they are done with the exam or during the course of the week, um, they will try and find this person and then engage the parents on why they also agreed not to allow the student sit for this particular um, PEC. So that is what um, I can report to now, bless it.
0: Uh, well, Iman. Also, how about the other um, examinations that we'll be reading because we know they're not done. Um, is there any indication that this young lady will be back to, to the examination hall?
4: Um, for now, according to um, the officer I spoke with, he said um, they would have to go and then do the addiction up to find out where this particular person is. They can't, they can't really ascertain... Um, where the person is actually. But they will do further probing and then give us um, whatever details we need um, from this particular student. So that is what has actually been happening. I also visited some places um, where absenteeism is also becoming a trend in most of um, the centres. You go to a particular centre where some five students are, being, um, are not present. And then according to uh, the supervisors over there, they tell us that some of the students, when they ask their teachers, they tell them um, they've flown out of the country or they've traveled, if I should put it, they've traveled. So this is the reason why, some of the reasons why some of the students are not sitting for um, the exam. So it's because they are not traveling. But with their girls, um, some of them are just thinking it's because they are pregnant. But they are not certain yet. But the only reason they gave was that some, some of them have traveled.
0: Manol Bright, thank you for spending some time with us to update us on what the situation is in the Ashanti region. Uh, and thanks for staying with us here on uh, the polls. We have a bit of uh, an update on the situation in uh, the Republic of Niger for you because uh, earlier we were indicating that uh, there's a deployment from ECOWAS uh, a mission to actually tackle the, the challenges in uh, the country, but there's a correspondence that we have accept of indicating uh, that there's a response um, coming through from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Cooperation uh, of the Republic of Niger, which is uh, indicating that it presents its compliments to the uh, resident representative of the Economic Community of West African States, uh, ECOWAS in Niamey. It goes ahead to say that it has the honor to acknowledge the receipt of a correspondent, which was dated uh, August 6, 2023, uh, relating to the arrival in Niamey um, on August 8, which is uh, today by a special flight chatted by the United Nations of a joint mission from ECOWAS and the United Nations and the African Union. The Ministry uh, points out that um, following the sanctions decreed by ECOWAS itself at the end of the Conference of Heads of States and Government, which was on the 30th of July 2023, Niger's land and air borders, um, with member states are closed, and the organisation of such a mission by special flight requires some special considerations by the Niger authorities, including a special exemption, which is not invoked in this uh, note um, from the resident representation. So, while reiterating uh, their readiness to integrate and to engage in discussions with delegations on uh, or emissaries concerning the situation in Niger, as indicated to the mission led by. Uh, The former president of Nigeria, uh, that's uh, General Retired, Abdus Salami Abubakar. The current context of anger and revolt as a result of the sanctions imposed by ECOWAS does not make it possible uh, for uh, Niger to host the affirmation mission. So that's the latest uh, that we're getting uh, from uh, ECOWAS, uh, the uh, Republic of Niger, on this very meeting. We'll bring you updates in our subsequent bulletins. Um, and also uh, give you some updates on um, some other programmings on both radio, uh, online, and television. And now let's talk about the new patriotic party because uh, the party uh, is embarking on its journey to select its flag bearer for the 2024 general elections and one of the 10 candidates competing in that special delegate's Congress, uh, Joe Gatte, is confident of securing a spot. Um, in the final five, paving way uh, for the main delegates' uh, congress this year, a seasoned legislator and former attorney general and minister of justice, Jill Gatti, comes uh, to the race with significant contributions to national development and is confident of leading the elephant uh, family into the 2024 elections. could you brace of our political desk has more.
13: I want to be president so I can bless the people of God and I will pray that God will bless me so that I can bless them.
14: As a ruling really new patriotic party gears up for its special delegate Congress, former railways Development Minister Joe Gatte is intensifying his campaign to lead the party into the 2024 general elections. He says he is confident of being part of the last five to head towards the main delegate's Congress.
13: Yes. But be rest assured... That God willing as a be rest assured as God willing. As long as the sun rises and the sun sets, when we vote for the special delegates congress, Jogati will be among the first ones.
14: During his tenure as a railways minister, he played a pivotal role in the construction of the railway line from Tema to Impakadan, featuring a steel bridge over the Volta Lake, enhancing connectivity and trade opportunities for the nation. He says his background has equipped him with a deep understanding of the country's developmental needs.
13: In fact, everything that I've seen, everything that happened when I traveled for the past five days, everything that has happened to me since I joined this party in 1992 and since the party, has convinced me beyond reasonable doubt that I am prepared for this time, a time such as this. Well, we need a man such as me to rule the country and bring to God.
14: He believes his extensive experience and strong track record make him a compelling choice to represent the MPP in the 2024 general elections and serving as a source of inspiration for millions around the world. I'm
13: going to spend my time thinking about the fact that <laughs> a teacher's son from nowhere has become president. I'm going to spend my time thinking about the hope it will give to people, to billions of people, millions of Ghanaians who come from homes such as mine. Somebody whose father died when we were six can have the dusty of hope. Without education, where would I be? I'll think about how somebody has been through public service for so long public service for so long. I'll think about how God has prepared me for location. I'm ready to go. I'm totally ready to go. That is what I think about every day. Not about with, another
14: with a focus on inclusive policies and developmental strategies here envisions a future where every Ghanaian can benefit from the nation's growth and progress.
13: We will transform this nation. We together will transform this nation. We shall take this nation to the next level. Everything that my hand has touched by God's grace,
14: it has been blessed. As someone with experience in the MPP flag bearership race, the Essicado Katen legislator has a message for the delegates.
13: The message to the delegates is that their candidate is Jogati. I'll be coming to them. I've, come, I've gone to some of them. I'll be coming to each of them. And I want to assure them that by the time they finish listening to me, they'll come to the conclusion that there's one candidate, and his name is Jogati.
14: Jogati's bid to become the MPP's flag bearer is not merely a personal aspiration, but a commitment to serve his party and his country with renewed vigour. As the nation watches this process unfold, the question remains, will Joe Gatti be the one to lead the MPP into the 2024 general elections and potentially become Ghana's next president?
0: For Joy News, I am Samuel kojo And you can disrespect me and expect me to join your campaign words of uh, the Deputy Railway Development Minister, Asante Wating, uh, to the camp of the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Obama, as he expresses his dissatisfaction at sounds some of the members of the camp uh, blatantly stabbed him during uh, a campaign to uh, visit some constituencies in the Asante Achim area. The Member of Parliament uh, for the Asante Achim South constituency says he is uh, head by the actions uh, of uh, Bahamias Camp, who he uh, who saw him as an outlier, uh, he has uh, thus announced uh, his loyalty to former trade and industry minister Alan Kujurwening, describing him as a brother. Imano Bright kweku has been following the Drusu campaign tour in the Ashanti region and filed this report.
9: rousing welcome by delegates and pro Allen supporters as a former trades minister began his tour in the region paying a courtesy call on the paramount chief of Ojusu where he hails from nana afrani okese the fourth blessed the flag bearer hopeful throwing a challenge to his detractors over mr chairman ting's victory in the upcoming party elections
7: I know it shall
9: work. Even the detractors know it shall work. I'm solidly behind him in everything. The goals are behind him. We can bet
7: over this.
9: The team proceeded to constituencies in the Asante Akim area to solicit support, with some government officials throwing their weight behind the former minister. <laughs> Deputy Railway Development Minister Kweku Asante Boateng announced his vehement support after he claimed to have been dejected by the Baomia camp. <laughs> When Vice President Baumia came to Sankari, we decided to go welcome him and some members of his team. None of them greeted me when I extended a handshake. You can't disrespect me and expect me to join your campaign. I am hurt by their actions. Alan is my brother. I cannot denounce him. If he wins or not, I will support him. Headed to the constituencies in the Kumeu area and made a final stop at Tjesso, Mr. Tin touted his achievement to the delegate indicating that he is the man to wield more votes from the Shanti and Volta regions to aid a landslide win in the upcoming general elections.
7: A I don't so you have to
9: the NDC has voter more voters in the voter region. Vote there, for someone who can reduce their numbers there. there. Jerry, Jerry Rollins has do. been the favorite of the votarians, the but they told me I am their new favorite after Rollins or died.
7: Anyone got father?
9: Jerry Rollins, will you vote him? Vote for your seat. Rollins, On the first day, the former minister visited eight out of the 47 constituencies and is expected to complete his tour in the Ashanti region within six days. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Bright Kwaku.
0: And 35-year-old alleged fugitive and pedophile is uh, standing trial at the Wasagate Court over 11 counts of sexually assaulting 12 minors. The accused, who is a popular master of ceremony for Islamic marriages, is alleged to have committed the act at his house and in the bush and gave the 10 Ghana sitters with a promise of giving them opportunity to dance in public whenever he is uh, doing his MC. Uh, ...duties for weddings. Joy News up Upper West uh, Regional Correspondent Rafik Salam has more.
15: It is a case of public interest... ...and residents of Wa ...trunk and flooded the forecourt of the war secret court... ...spilling into the streets few times... ...blocking vehicular traffic. 35-year-old popular local master of ceremony... ...for weddings, Rashid Ahmed... ...better known by his fans as Anata faces 11 counts of sexual assault at the Wasekwood court. His victims' ages ranges between 10 and 15 years. The alleged sexual assault, read at the court, took place between 2021 and 2023. Wearing blue black Muslim prayer gown over multi slippers, he was handcuffed at the back sandwiched by uniformed, and plainclothes policemen and taken to the court. He was motionless, wore a frown, and clattered his teeth as the facts of all 11 counts were read to him. Anata denied the offenses during investigation and his cousin's statement. Most of the alleged sexual assault took place at his house at Adabia, a sebep of War, and the rest in the bush where they leaned on his motorbike. For the almost and Beastly Act. In most of the cases, the accused gave his victim ten Ghana cities and a promise of giving opportunity to dance at marriage ceremonies where he will serve as a master of ceremony. Principal State Attorney at the Attorney General's Department, lawyer Said Abdul Shakur, who was leading the prosecution, prayed to the court for the accused to be remanded into police custody to enable them finish with their investigation. Lawyer Saeed abdul Shakur also told the court, because of the charged atmosphere outside the court, coupled with the public interest in the case, the accused should be kept behind bars for his own safety.
7: He is a flight risk. Somebody who has left the jurisdiction before, we cannot be sure he will not escape. Considering the gravity of the offenses and the punishment that is likely to be meted out if he is convicted, We we are talking about a minimum of eight years and a maximum of 25 years for each of the counts. If we succeed in our case, he might be going in for a long time. So if the court allow him on bail, we might be left holding the cheeky end of the stick. We might not get him to try. And we also say that it is in his own interest because the anger, you can gauge the anger in society. You can reach out to it. You can see that people are, hungry. For 15 years of practice as a lawyer here, I've never seen this number of persons in court before. And this is the first time I've seen almost the entire society at court. If such a person is turned loose, we might not even get him to try because people might take the law into their own hands. The presiding judge, his honor,
15: Jonathan Abugo, granted a wish of the prosecutors and the accused into police custody and to reappear Monday, 4th of August.
0: And that's all we have for you in this package of the polls. I am blessed to log on to myjawonline.com. We have stories uh, there for you, including uh, the story relating to the Bank of uh, Ghana, Governor, Dr. Ernest Anderson, where the NDC is threatening uh, and asking for his uh, resignation else still March um, to the headquarters of the BHU in 21 days. Thanks for your time. Next is Let's Talk Showbiz. Thanks for watching.